Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Anita, Anita, Hello. Anita. We are C -C -C, Skype. How are you? To each other. What? <laughs> and this is officially Skype. This isn't like my dad's version of Skype, wherein everything is Skype. Like texting is Skype. Yes, which he still doesn't do. But he does love to read the news now on his phone all the time. Aww. It's pretty funny. Can I tell you a funny story? Wait, do you want to say who we are? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm Mel. I'm Anita. And I you, you, am you, you, awesome. <laughs> What are you I was playing? trying to Skype to Melanie to say the rest of our, our intro, but she wasn't. Okay, do it again. I'm Mel. I'm Anita. <laughs> that sounded so sad. <laughs> I'm Mel. And I'm Anita. We're two young widows trying to figure out. Widow, widow we, we do, do now. now. <laughs> okay. Um, if you have caught up on our episodes... Last time we made one, we had something crazy happen, and it was called I Fell Down a Well, but I'm back. I'm out of the well. I climbed out of the well. Somebody came and tossed me a rope. Good thing you're a swimmer. I know. I used my strong lats to pull me out of a well, but in truth, I can't, I can't do any pull-ups, just so you know. I try. I can't. Maybe not today, but 
Maybe someday. No, every year it's my goal. I'm like, this year I'm going to be able to do a pull-up. And every year I go and I grab hold of the bar and I go, and that's as far as I can make it. Hey, have you seen, okay, what's the guy's name? Wim something. Hold on a minute. I'm going to Google it because I don't (gasps) Are you going to say Wim Hof? Yes, Wim Hof. Have you seen like his stuff? I bet if you did Wim Hof stuff, you could do pull-ups. <laughs> well, I watched that thing that was like the goop thing, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, Paltrow yes, yes. And yeah. I heard of the guy, but like not really learned anything about him. But then I watched that episode and he made her do push-ups and she did more push-ups after I know. he did the thing. I read, I read about it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Anyway, so. But Anita, I think if you did Wim Hof that you could do your pull-ups. Don't you think? Maybe. Maybe. I think maybe if I just like tried more, more, <laughs> that, was, that was weird. I would maybe be able to do it. But, you know, it's okay. Like, I have other things that I have to worry about. So. Okay. Well, what's happening? What are we talking about? Um, bef- There's been so much that has happened in the last week that we need to talk about. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. Would you like to lead the discussion? First of all, um, my kids have all been sick. We have been rotating through sickness. One is sick and then the other is sick and then they have just all been sick. And this morning, speaking of pull-ups, I woke up early because my three-year-old decided to wake up at like four in the morning. Thank you so much. And so um, at 5.30, I got up and I went to the gym to lift weights and just left him home with the TV and my other children and I got home and he was totally sacked out on my bed with all the lights on and I was like that's weird um because usually you don't go back to bed like that and then I found a bottle of melatonin and he had eaten the whole bottle of melatonin (laughs) oh yes oh no oh no here's the good news is that this is not the first time this has happened so i happen to know through poison control (laughs) that it's not like an emergency it just makes kids very sleepy so he like slept hard for a good few hours this morning and then i made him wake up and he did not want to be awake so oh, that was my adventure of the morning. I'm glad that you have had experience with overdoses of melatonin. <laughs> That's great. I gave my dogs melatonin this week. Does that count? Can you... I say that? Are you mad that I'm yes. talking about my dogs? How do you give it to them? Like, do you just like stick it on their tongue? Are they the melty kind or is there doggy melatonin? Oh, there's dog melatonin. It's peanut butter flavored, but I also put it oh, in ugh. cheese. Okay. That's like the standby for feeding dogs pills, isn't it? Cheese, yeah, cheese is really and great. peanut butter too. Hot dog, right? Yeah, they like. Do they just like lick it out of the peanut butter though, or do they swallow the peanut butter like in a gulp? It depends on the dog. Oh. Some dogs are like, I know what you're trying to do. You're disguising this pill. Like I'm gonna eat around it, but that's why I use cheese usually, just because you can stuff it in, and then they don't know so much. Yeah. What else is happening? Um. So there have been. Some deaths that have happened this week in my life and also just in, like, public life. So my grandma died this week. She was 98. So it was not a tragic thing. 
And I've been so interested and fascinated at the difference in dealing with death. Like the experience of somebody dying is not universal. You would think that it is because it's somebody, they're gone, but it's totally different. Like it was just a relief that she died instead of it being like a tragedy. So have a funeral to go to for Saturday. I tried to get Mel to come. She was like, I live in New York now lame because she actually knew my grandma because um, they lived kind of close to each other so anywho they put her on hospice on like friday and she died on saturday so oh so that was all that needed to happen <laughs> uh she had been kind of circling the toilet bowl for a while but she kept like getting close to dying and then she'd be like oh i feel better and then she'd be fine again so i think we got to the point where we were like I'm not going to believe it until it actually happens. And so when she died really quickly, comparatively speaking, I mean, 98 years, that's not quick. Um, It was a little bit surprising. I thought she'd hang on for a couple more weeks in her current state. Wow. I hope that I do not live to be 98. I just would like to say that. I don't know what the right age is, but 98, unless you're like a stellar 98-year-old, it's too old. It's no fun. Right. Your body's like done. And has been done for yeah. a long time. Yeah, exactly. All your friends are dead. It's true. It's That's totally true. So my mom and her siblings are planning her funeral. And they were like trying to decide if they were going to do a viewing. And they decided not to do a separate night's viewing. Because all of the people who are her friends and her family are gone already. So it's basically her grandkids and great grandkids. You know what I'm saying? It's like only her family that's her progeny is that what it is that's that's still left so it's sort of true yep it's kind of sad well condolences also high five to grandma merle for making it through 98 years and to your mom for taking such great care of her good job jane i i know i think my mom is so relieved that she doesn't have to take care of her anymore because it was getting like physically hard for her she was needing help physically so um and then everybody has been shocked by kobe bryant dying and that has been a really interesting thing for me i don't know if it's been interesting for you mel but to watch the response and to kind of live it with new eyes because um this experience would have been completely different had i not experienced my own tragic death i have not been paying as close attention probably as you have um but when i first heard i went through a similar reaction that I did when Jason died when I heard that Jason died, but not as much, you know? Yeah. So like I still, uh, my immediate thoughts went to his family and you know, first you're shocked and I'm like, I didn't know the guy, but it's like, well, uh, for me, I'm like a family is now missing a dad and a husband and I know what they're going to go through. And then I think that gives me the reaction that I have where it's like, no, I don't want anybody to have to go through what I've been going through. And that's on a different level because they're kids, which is, more of your level anita because you do have kids and 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 then i'm like wait a second there were nine people on the plane like let's not forget all those nine people so yeah i kind of cut straight through all the stuff that's like we're gonna miss him he brought so many championships to la like okay shut up (laughs) like this is like a human that is gone so yeah i've kind of cut through that and not listened to a lot of stuff i totally 
I totally had some of the same thoughts. Like we gave all of this um, attention to Kobe Bryant and his daughter, but there were those other people on the helicopter and those people are just as important and will be missed by their families just as much. So I, there's sometimes I was like, you guys are focusing on the wrong things or just weird things. I don't know. It was just so, it was just such an interesting experience doing it now as opposed to having this experience or going through something like this two years ago. The other thing that I think is so interesting is to have this happen to a public figure because people are so affected by it. But then I'm sort of like, are you, you know, is this, is this any of our business? Is this, you know what I'm saying? Like one, one such thing that I thought was really interesting with people were posting on Facebook, like I didn't like him, but, um, but I know his family will miss him and he was a great basketball player. And I'm like, it's so funny. that's totally a rude thing to say, <laughs> you know, like, because people in the public spotlight, we stop thinking of them as being people and we start thinking of them as like a commodity, you know? So, oh, I didn't like him as a player. I didn't like him as a person. I'm like, can you imagine somebody saying that about Scott? Like, oh, I didn't really like him, but I thought his plays were pretty good and his family will miss him. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It just was really interesting. There's a part of me that's like, this isn't ours. This isn't ours to discuss. This isn't ours to have anything to do with, because unless you knew him, it's not yours. So anyway, those were some of my feelings and about, about him dying. Yeah. I mean, and that's like the media and that's just how like public life goes, which it's always going to be that way. But it's, yeah, it is annoying. It's like, guys, come on. Yeah. Well, even like friends on Facebook and things like that, like everybody was um, kind of talking about it. And so it just kept, it was like always in your face kind of a thing. So interesting. I avoided but, Facebook. <laughs> good job that's like a good way to live your whole life uh but it is tragic it's sad and his poor wife and i can't imagine losing a husband and a child at the same time that would be really Ugh. that would be really awful for sure i i found an article i wanted to know who the other people were on the plane and it's like so sad because there was another player on there another like teenager i think there was a couple teenagers were there yeah Yeah. and there was like three kids or something like a family lost a mom one of the coaches was a mom yeah yeah it's so sad like the whole entire thing is just so sad and you know i mean i guess it's just natural in social media and regular media outlets that they're gonna talk about kobe bryant and his daughter because it's gets the headlines but yeah man there were nine people that are all of equal importance they're all lives so yeah that's so hard yeah well that was totally a downer so i guess we should just like be done okay we're done (laughs) bye okay just kidding um we have mel we got a couple of listener questions do you want to answer those right now yeah yes okay i'm ready these questions are from eric and eric asked Um, In the last episode, Anita, you talked about going back to the rec center and your experiences there in the last year. Mel, have you been back to where Scott directed musicals and what was your experience if so? Ooh, this is a good one. Thank you, Eric. Yes, I have been back to where Scott directed musicals. In fact, the same theater where he directed is where we held his funeral. Um, So after the funeral, 
there were a couple of shows that I wanted to go see. They also uh, had a theater kind of a celebration thing, like a party. And I went to that and I did not expect it to be anything other than positive. And I went there and totally had a meltdown. It was bad. And so it was like a month after Scott died and they were honoring him. And there was this thing where it's a ghost light. And so in the theater, a ghost light is this light that usually honors people who have passed away. And it's the lights always on. And Scott is actually the one that made it for his friend Dave that had died of cancer right when Scott and I started dating. So um, what they had done and, and Dave had a plaque on this ghost light and they wheeled it out for this presentation thing they were doing. And, um, I just was standing there holding it and his cast was on stage singing songs from his last show, which is this song before the guy goes up to the guillotine and like nobly <laughs> exchanges places with somebody that had a family so that he could be the one that was sacrificing himself. That was all happening on stage. I'm standing on stage with them, holding this ghost light, looking at Dave's name on the plaque, which I remember Scott, you know, making. And then I'm looking at this plaque that says Scott's name next to Dave. And I'm just like, I, I don't even, I can't even <laughs> like process this. And I just started crying. And then I had to like leave after that. And it was very amazing. The whole thing was great. Like, I love that they did that. I just was not anticipating my reaction to be that, which, duh, like, hello, I should have. But I also didn't know that that was going to happen. They kind of grabbed me on stage and were like, hey, come here, this thing's happening. So I was, I didn't have any time to think. And then it was super overwhelming. So that was very tough. Um, but I loved that they did that for Scott. I just was emotionally caught off guard. And then since then, it's been really hard for me to go to shows there. Uh, I did go to two of them. And the first one I went to was really hard. I think it was about a month after that other experience that I had, the one where I was on stage holding this ghost light and listening to like them sing about this guy dying. Um, and man, it just was so different because a lot of my memories with Scott were connected to the theater. That's where we met and that's where uh, his funeral was and that's where all his shows were that I saw him direct and... So it's hard. It's hard for me still to go back there. Um, the second time I went after that incident were, was a little bit easier because uh, I was going to see a friend in a show and it was a comedy show. And so like we were supporting her and and it was good. Oh, wait, I actually have been three times. And the third time I went, I went to see a show that Scott was supposed to have directed. And that was hard. But yeah. uh, but. It wasn't as hard as I had anticipated. Like, I went and I kind of was just numb. And I also wanted to to support the people in his cast because they were friends. And a lot of them in that show were in his Scott's final show. So it was fine. But it's it's really hard for me to go back there, honestly. And it's nothing against anybody there because everyone is so amazing. And they're like family. And, it's you know, it just is part of what happens when somebody dies. So, yes, that was a very long answer. To Eric's question, thank you for asking. Um, I have a follow-up question. Okay. My follow-up question is, when you do go to the shows, do you just think that they're doing a terrible job because you think Scott would have done better? I don't know anything about directing, and so the answer <laughs> is no. That was a totally loaded question. I actually went to 
Scott's Theater a few weeks ago, and they were doing it. The show they did was in is it in memorial in memoriam memoriam yeah in memoriam they did they did it they did it in memoriam like of Scott and he was in the program so I was like looking through it and I was like oh this is my widow wife's dead husband and then I pretended like I was there to see it for that reason but I wasn't but you know what I'm glad that you pretended to be there for that reason because that just reminded me that was around my anniversary. And remember, my anniversary was so hard for me this year. And I was supposed to go with my brother-in-law. And I had a meltdown right before that. And I couldn't do it. So I, yeah, I guess I still have some big issues going. So I never saw the show that they did in memoriam to Scott. What was it? White Christmas or something? Holiday Inn. I get them confused. Holiday Inn. It was, uh, I think it was Holiday I'm pretty sure it was Holiday Inn. Okay. I represented for you. Yeah, thank You're you. You're welcome. You're the best. They didn't even, like, put me on stage. They didn't even, like, give me a free drink or anything. They should have shown like, you the ghost light. Uh, they should have, but they didn't. I was incognito. The thing that's cool about the ghost light is that sometimes it's haunted. Uh, it's like a place it's for the people to haunt, ghosts to haunt. It's kind of awesome. That is kind of cool. Eric asked one other question, and this question could lead to a huge answer okay the question is what other podcasts do we like to listen to ooh, 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 ooh. Ah! oh eric oh eric are you sure you want to open this up i yeah. basically only listen to true crime the end and i have a lot of recommendations but i don't know if anyone wants to hear them yeah, Mel likes to hear all of the murder stories and all of the, like, scary, stalker, crazy people stories. Mm -hmm. And I also have a subscription to Audible where it's even more of that stuff. But I have listened to some things that are like Dracula, Treasure Island, some classics like that. Um, what else? Mm. Those are not podcasts, though. Anyway, I love Crime Junkie, my favorite murder dirty john all those basically if you oh, google yeah. true crime podcast all of those sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances but guess what a little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But the Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Yeah. I'm like, I like to listen to those too, but I'm also kind of boring. Like, on my long runs on Saturday, I always listen to the Friday News Roundup from 1A. That's like one of my favorites and wait wait don't tell me from npr is one of my favorites and um i listen to lots of podcasts but they're all um hidden brain 
from NPR is one of my favorite. The other day, my six-year-old goes into the kitchen and he says, Alexa, play NPR. And I was like, my work here is done. (laughs) I have one more podcast, Anita. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Neil deGrasse Tyson's Star Talk Radio. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Do you know it? No. It is so good. It's basically the science of everything. So they go through various topics. Super cool. I mean, they have like the science of politics, the science of religion, the science. It's everything amazing. The science of music, the science of acoustics, the science of acting. And they have really, really great special guests on there. Like I know uh, before Alan Rickman died, he was one of the special guests. And I love their format for recording it too because they have – uh, in the studio, they have they have Dr. Tyson, a comic, and an expert. Oh. And then they jump back and forth from those guys to the pre-taped episode of, of Dr. Tyson with the special guest. Inter- and so it's really, it's so interesting. And I love how Neil is like so stoked on science and he makes stuff that's kind of out there seem really accessible. And for somebody that did not get into science in school because it was so boring it's made it really exciting for me and and make it made it more real world applicable so it's amazing there's a like a million episodes on there like one time I drove to Phoenix what's that 10 11 hours from Salt Lake I listened to it the entire time down and the entire drive back wow so I love it it's great very informative very entertaining I'll have to check that one out. That's kind of like hidden brain where they like try and figure out like why we do stuff. And um, I also like to listen to Getting Curious with Jonathan Jonathan Van Ness. (laughs) He's the guy from Queer Eye. And he's I like his podcast because he just asks questions that I think other people would be self-conscious asking because it sometimes makes him sound like he's not super smart. But it's everybody's thinking that question, but they just are not going to admit that they don't know it like give us an example oh gosh like he had a he had uh, an episode about snakes and he was just like so funny about asking about the snakes you know what i'm saying i i can't think of a specific question that he asked but it was just so like it was just he just has no sort of need to put on a show about him being smarter than other people like so i kind of like that one that one's nice too cool great well i love it thank you eric for your questions yeah any more from eric or do we have more more questions okay go um no that's all the questions i had another first this week mel do you want to hear about it yep because this 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 first is actually going to take us into our topic for the day So I went swimming last week and there's um, one of the other swimmers there who, I mean, I've known him for years and he's a really nice guy. He's really funny. He's divorced um, probably in his like 50s, I would say. And he, we were just waiting to get in the pool and he said, so Anita, did you ever decide to date again? Which I thought was kind of a funny way to say that. Like, you know, it's been 30 years or something. Did you ever decide to date again? And I said, no, I'm not there yet. I'm not. That's not even on my radar yet. And he was like, oh, okay. Because there's this kid I know, and he just got divorced, and he's 35. And I was telling him that I know this really neat lady. And I always like to be called neat, right? I was like, I am neat. I am one of the neatest persons in the world. 
persons. Anyway, so then he says to me after I've kind of been like, no, I'm not ready to do that yet. He goes, yeah, I kind of think that he um, might have become an alcoholic and that's why he can't be- he got divorced. And I was like, so you want to set me up with the guy who got divorced because he's an alcoholic? Wow. Thank you. <laughs> it was the it was a little bit awkward and kind of funny because what, what did you say? Like did you say anything? Um I mean I just kind of laughed it off. It would have been probably worse had I been like, "Yes, I'm ready to date again." And then I would have been like, "But not that guy, you know, since since it was already off the table, it was kind of it didn't it didn't matter so much. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And I was wow. like, okay, thank you. Oh, so I got home and I texted Mel. I was like, I got my first attempted setup. And all that apparently matters is that you're alive and you're near the same age. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, also sometimes when you're divorced, like I was divorced and people always want to set you up because they're like well this person's divorced so and you're the same age so it should be fine it's like what yeah for sure that's all that matters my my little sister melanie i texted her about it too she's single and she's like welcome to being single in your 30s and i was like uh i don't consider myself single i don't know what i am but no no thank you no thank you to any of that yeah it's so weird because it's like i guess you kind of in some of the world's view you are single but in your mind you're married but also jason's gone so you're like wait what i'm not a widow that's like someone that's 90 but i am a widow it's very confusing it is weird yeah for sure um i did talk to him a little bit about the idea of dating and i was like yeah i think that would be just really weird because i'm still in love with the person who's gone whereas when you get divorced that relationship has there's been a demarcation of its end and there was None such thing in my case. So anyway, so that brings us to our topic today. We just wanted to share some awkward situations and stories that we've had because our spouses have died. Um, we thought that would be fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. Awkward. Do you want to start? Awkward. I have three. How many do you I have? Think I have three and a half. Okay. And a half. I will start with one that happened just before I drove out to New York. So I had to go mail something at the post office. And I know some of the post office workers. And I was getting up there to pay for my package. And the worker there said, oh, how's it going? And and she looked at my ring. And she's like, oh, are you married again or engaged? I can't remember what she said. And I was like, what? I'm like, no, my husband died. And she was like, okay, but like, when did that happen? And I'm like, two years ago. And so for me, I'm like, what? You're crazy, lady. Like, this just happened and it's so new and fresh still to me. And two years is nothing. And she's probably on her side going, okay, it's been two years. Like, come on. That's like, so funny. That's not weird for me to ask. Anyway, so I'm like, um, yeah, here's my money. Bye. That was <laughs> and amazing. Um, it's you still wear your wedding ring to Scott. So that was the ring that she saw on your finger. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's okay, funny. Your turn. Okay. 
So um, I was at home one afternoon. This was in the summer, so it had probably been five months, six months since Jason had died. And this guy comes to my door and knocks on the door. I open the door and he's riding a bike, but not like he's not like riding for exercise. He's riding to get somewhere. And he's like, hi, I'm here to get that can of paint. And I go, uh, no, you're not. Cause I don't know what you're talking about. I did not recognize him. Um, and he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to come get a can of paint from your house. And I was like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I talked to your husband about it just a little while ago and he said I was supposed to come get it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I did. Um, you should probably just go ask your husband. <laughs> and I'm like, well, he died. So, and then he was like, uh, so then he looked on his phone at the address and he's like, is this such and such address? And I was like, no, that's across the street. <laughs> so oh then we just kind oh of looked gosh. at each other for a second and then he left and I was like, well, that was awkward. Uh, oh, oh man, man, man. Yeah. I had no paint for him. I didn't know what he was talking about. Oh my gosh. Wow. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Okay. My next one is. I had to go to the pharmacy to get a prescription or something, and I needed my driver's license. Well, in in the aftermath of Scott's death, the last thing I was thinking of is that I needed to have an updated driver's license. Like I forgot, I was an, I was a mess, right? So I pull out my license and I give it to the person at the pharmacy, and she's like, "This is expired. I can't use it." And I'm like, "Oh what?" And then I just like melted down. Because I went through all the reasons why in my head, like, well, the reason why I didn't do it is because I, I've had pneumonia and I've had pneumonia because I had bronchitis and then I have, you know, I'm backing up and I'm like, and this, 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 and Scott's dead. And then all my whole life like crashed on me again. So I thought backwards and then I thought forwards and then I just was standing at this desk with this poor girl that was just like, I just need to have your ID updated. And I'm like, but my husband died. And I like totally melted down in the store. And she was like, okay, well, you can come back. And she didn't know what to do. And I felt stupid. But I also was like, I'm so mad that he's dead. Like, I didn't, it's not my fault that my driver's license expired <laughs> because I couldn't think that he died because he died, even though it was. And it was just hard. So I left crying. And then I probably went and got a soda. Did you say all of those things or were you just like standing there crying? I said he died. Okay. I go, my husband died and I I had just barely left the house. Well, I didn't say I had no more. I didn't go through all the things. In my head, I did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But to her, I just stood there and was like, but my husband's dead and I couldn't go because this is, I don't even, I was not coherent. It was Um, embarrassing. I have a pharmacy story too. So, ooh, uh, really soon after Jason died like maybe a month three weeks a month my eight-year-old at the time got the flu so I took him to the instacare or the urgent care I took him to the urgent care and they were like well we can give him Tamiflu um it won't really help that much but it will help a little bit and I was like no give me the give me the like any help I'll take any help I can get so I go to the pharmacy and um it was kind of, it was like eight o'clock at night. It was kind of late, later in the evening. 
And the pharmacist, they were having a hard time because of insurance and having the right brand and all this stuff that was just like, are you kidding me? So the pharmacist finally comes up to me and he goes, you know what? If it were me, I wouldn't even give him the Tamiflu because it's only going to decrease his symptoms by like one or two days. And it has all of these side effects. And I just start crying. And I go, my husband just died and I just got diagnosed with cancer. I will take one or two days I will take whatever I can get and I'm just like bawling (laughs) and he's looking at me and and the lady in back of me in line she's like I'm so sorry I couldn't help but overhear that and she gave me a big hug and I was like just give me the effing Tamiflu (laughs) so um after that he 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 got it for me (laughs) he figured out how to make it all work but it was so embarrassing oh my gosh yeah Okay. I think it's so hard. At least it was hard for me where I have to cuz like you you're living your situation, right? And then if you're in kind of like a little tender time and you have to go explain it to somebody else that's something business-wise, it was that is the hardest thing for me or was the hardest thing for me to like go into normal life. Like about like re-entering into mm-hmm. kind of normal life. That was super hard. Yeah. And and now I think I just avoid it yeah i think it still happens for me like i had to go and um cancel jason's driver's license and so i like walk in there and i'm like oh hi you know the guy's like what can i help you with and then i like slap down a death certificate onto the you know desk and he's like oh you know like sorry i need help Mm with this um okay so i think it's technically my turn to do another one okay go So this was in the spring after Jason died, and um, I was at a soccer game, which at that point in time, it felt so weird to do quote-unquote normal things. Like, it just felt like life should have stopped, and it was weird that I was at a soccer game. So it was at a soccer game um, for one of my kids, and this lady who I know a little bit, like, I recognize her. Her kids go to my school, um, so we're not, like close at all I don't even think I know her name but I know who she is so she walks up um, I was sitting near another neighbor and we had been chatting and she walks up and she was talking to both of us kind of together and um, they started talking about landscaping basically one of them needed to have some landscaping done in their yard and the lady turned to me and she was like oh Anita I was walking past your yard the other day and it looks so amazing And I was like, oh, thanks. And she goes, what is your secret? (laughs) And I was like, "Um, do you want to know my secret? And she's like, yes. I said, do you really want to know? And she's like, yes. And she goes, oh, no. She goes, no, this is the best. She goes, is it chicken poop? (laughs) 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 And I go, no. All you have to do is your 42-year-old husband has to drop dead and then people come and plant flowers at your house and mow your lawn. (laughs) And her face was like, I, I mean, just like shocked. And the funny thing is, is I was like, how did she not know? I kind of feel like she had to have been hiding under, like living under a rock a little bit to not have heard because she lives close to our neighborhood. But anyway, my secret was not chicken poop, which was kind of funny that that's where she went. And then I was like, not even close. That's like 
it's like such dark humor but it's like straight out of a comedy movie or something right like a dark humor comedy movie yeah oh gosh wow 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 i have one that was at a bank okay go now this one this one wasn't so much of a weird reaction and me melting down uh when i went in here but so scott and i did not have joint bank accounts and so i had to go in and close that out make sure i could pay off his cards da 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 so my dad goes in with me and it was around the time that i had just gotten one of my new hair colors i don't know it was probably pretty out there probably rainbow or something it was bright but from the moment that my dad who is like a normal looking dad and i who is not a normal looking utah person walked through the doors of the bank I saw somebody from across the bank look at me with a worried look. They looked at a guy and then they like intercepted me and they're like, excuse me. Like I was walking in also with other people and they like sequestered me and they're like, what do you need? What, why are you here? And I'm like, my husband died and I need help closing his account out. Like I was just like, what? don't mess with me. Yeah. And they were like, oh, and it's so interesting because. This was a Wells Fargo. I'm going to totally call them out because their customer service was terrible in West Jordan. And we were there. It took like two or three hours. They couldn't figure out their systems and they were not kind. When I asked to use the restroom, they told me I had to go across the street to the grocery store. What? Yeah. That's crazy. They let they let other people use it, but they wouldn't let me use it. It was really strange. Yeah. And the way that they worded it to me was, well, we you, you're not allowed to use our restroom because it's back here, but you're welcome to walk across the parking lot to the really nice bathrooms that they have at the whatever grocery store, Smith's or whatever. And I'm like, wait, so you're telling me I'm doing business with you. I'm sick. My husband's dead and I cannot use your bathroom. And you're sending me to another business to use their bathroom that they're paying for. Like, what is wrong with you guys? It was so terrible. So, so, so terrible. Especially when it's taking them like, it's like a two or three hour process. It's not like you're just cashing a check and it's like a 10 minute, you know, you're there for a long time. Yeah. So I feel like that experience was hands down discrimination because of my hair, (laughs) which I was new for me at the time. And then after that, it was like, okay, really? Come on. I'm like, at the time, 35 can I just, I have to pee. I have to pee because you're taking so long because you don't know what you're doing. And you're sending me across the street. It was so weird. So I was bugged about that. Maybe other people wouldn't be bugged about that, but I'm bugged about it. (laughs) So there's that. I thought that was going to go in a different direction. I thought for sure that there was going to be some awkward statement about like your dad and you being a couple or like something weird like that. No, my my whole reason for including my dad in the story is that he was like a normal dad looking guy. So even to see somebody with crazy hair next to a normal guy like that, like shouldn't he should have given me like credibility. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he does. He just looks like a totally normal Joe. Normal. He does. Okay, Anita. You're okay. So this one's kind of long um, and it takes a little bit of setup. But it's like my favorite story, perhaps of all time. So many years ago, or for many years, Jason and I volunteered for a camp for kids with cancer. And we did that for several years together, like 10 years together, maybe. And 
um, in our time doing that, there was a lot of volunteers that came and went that would come for a couple years and then they wouldn't be there. Well, there was one volunteer who came for a couple of years and he was hilarious and Jason and he um, hit it off and just spent a lot of time joking and laughing. Um, this, w- this was like probably 15, 10 to 15 years ago that these two connected. So they were friends on social media, but I was, I did not, um, he was not a friend of mine on social media. So I haven't spoken to him or had any connection with him in 10 to 15 years. So a few months after Jason died, um, I got a message on Facebook messenger from this guy and his name's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. If you're listening to this, um, and he, he wrote, you know, oh my gosh, I just heard about Jason. I didn't know. Um, I had tried to send him a few things on Facebook, but he wasn't responding. And then he did a little bit of digging or however he found out, he found out. So he was just, he was reaching out to send his condolences to me. And then he said, um, I have a couple of pictures of he and I send me your phone number and I'm going to text them to you. And so I sent him my phone number and he texted me the pictures and then we just started chatting back and forth. Um, I was asking him about what he was up to in life. Um, I asked him if he was married. He was like, no, I'm, I'm not married. I'm living. He told me where he was living. Um, so at one point in time, um, I asked him what he was doing for his job, and he said that he owned a beard oil and supplement company, something like that. And I said, um, do you have a giant beard to try your products oh. out on? <laughs> and he texted back, no, I don't have a beard, but my partner has a beard, and he's the face of the company. So then we kept chatting and we chatted back and forth on and off for like an entire day. And, um, we got to the, near the end of the day and he said, Hey, you know, I would love to reconnect and get together if you were up for that. And I texted back, I would love to get together. I would love to meet your partner. And in my head, I was like, trying to just signal that I was totally okay with whatever his lifestyle was, you know? And then he texted me back and he was like, um, I'm sure that my business partner would love to meet you, but his wife might not be so excited about it. And Uh... I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to climb into a hole and, live there for the rest of my life I was so embarrassed but it gets it gets worse because then I was reviewing some of the texts that I had sent and in my mind when he said his partner had a beard all of a sudden he was recategorized in my mind right he was a gay man he was in a relationship with another man so I looked at some of the other things that I had said and they were even more embarrassing. And I will tell you the one that was the worst. So I asked him if he had any kids and he said, no, I don't have any kids, but I, I'm going to be honest. I think I would be a really great dad. And I wrote back, well, if you ever want to practice, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> oh, <no! laughs> Meaning 
what I meant was if you want to babysit my kids. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so terrible. Uh, Gross, Anita. (laughs) And then I was like, that sounded like a big day long flirt fest and it was not oh my gosh i still am like so embarrassed but i think that somebody needs to use that as their meet cute for a romance novel don't you yes maybe a hallmark movie Uh uh-huh for sure yeah so that was my story of um getting confused about my friend's um sexual preferences wow well great job those are some great awkward stories. I feel like we've covered a lot of them. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh Yours my gosh. Takes the cake, so I cannot add anything after that. What's going on with you in the next week? Oh man, a lot. The show is going to be in full rehearsal swing. I'm going to be working a ton. I'm excited. Um I've done a lot of prep work this week and so it's going to be fun to meet the cast and do all the things and my dogs have a dog sitter that's amazing so I feel like things are in place and I'm excited I was in the city yesterday doing some things and it was just so fun to be there so I can't wait what about you um I got a funeral to go to on Saturday (laughs) are you going to Kobe Bryant's funeral no, I'm going to Grandma Merle's funeral. Oh, it's yeah. going to be like six and a half hours long, though. So that should be fun. She planned her funeral before she died, and she wants all of her kids to speak, and she had like four musical numbers. And I came up with a new equation that what? it's not probably a good equation. It's going to get me into trouble. But the longer you live, the shorter your funeral should be. What do you think about that equation? I think all funerals should be very short. Okay. Uh, that's probably true. But like, I feel like when you have a, a funeral that's like tragic, you need to comfort people more. There needs to be more like, you know what I'm saying? As opposed it's like to like. You're mourning the life that did not continue. And in Grandma Merle's case, you're celebrating the life that she had and everybody knew about it because they were around. So maybe right. shorten it a little. But also at the same time, they do have a lot of stories because they were so old. So there's that. It's true. It's true. Well, okay, that's just so, that's just my that's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. Leave it. Leave it, Mel. Just leave it. I don't care. Whatever. I think whatever you want to say is great. Yeah. Um, I just have other to than so that. <laughs> Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> you can walk across the street to the grocery store. Oh um, the only other thing that we're looking forward to is that my nine-year-old tried out for the school play, so we're waiting to find out what role he's going to get. Ooh, what if he's the unicorn? <gasps> sort of. So they're doing Frozen Junior, and he wants to be the reindeer. So that's like the closest to a unicorn that you could be. That's, oh, that's the so part fun. that he wanted. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be any of the guys. I don't want to be Kristoff because he has to do like romance. <gasps> and I don't want to do any romance. He is like my kind of kid. No wonder yeah. he likes me. Yeah. <laughs> he is the unicorn yeah. child. I love it. Well, best of luck to him. When does he find out? Pretty soon? Yeah. Uh, probably over the weekend they'll send out the cast list. So. And then I have to try and get him to practice every morning at 7.30. The piano? Which is going to be awesome. No, for the play. They practice in the morning before school. 
So that's it'll be okay. Great. Hey, you get him out of the house earlier? Yeah, it's totally yeah. true. Yay. All right, I, I am so excited to hear more about your your Broadway show. And so I think you should get to it. Thank get directing. I, I will. And do you have any races you're prepping for? What's happening? Um, I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next season. There's a hey. couple races I want to do, but got to figure it out. Anita, I have an idea. Yeah. What if you start your own kind of race that's like <sighs> Ragnar or low to ja, what do you say? Low to low ja, to ja. Yeah. or one of those, but it's about Jason or you. I've actually thought about that. So for his birthday last year, we did a bike ride and I have thought that I should, it's just so much work though, is the only thing is that we should do a memorial bike ride every year and do it as like a fundraiser for a scholarship or for some other cause. So that is on my radar actually. <gasps> oh, 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 the other exciting thing is, is that I, the pre-order for Jason's book is all done. And so I ordered his book. So I'm waiting to get a shipment of his books and send them out to people who bought them. So I'm Yay! pretty excited about that too. Yay. Um, I would like to enlist Kirsten and Val to help you organize the race. Going okay. Going back to that thing. Guys. Cool. Let me know that you heard this. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for your comments and questions. Friends, keep sending them in. <laughs> Join us next time as we try to figure out. What do we do now? I'm a window. So am I. This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks, and so you don't have to pay extra for that, and you still get great service. Yep, Anita and I have traveled all over, and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it, and my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan, and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not. Who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So if somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.